You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 19, we started last week, and uh, we covered the first section of the psalm, which deals with creation. And uh, we talked about how that indeed the heavens, uh, the, the, the skies, the, uh, the, the, the planets, the, the galaxies, the, the sun and the moon and the stars, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows His handiwork. And we went through the first six verses and we, we saw how that creation uh, shows and creation declares the glory of God. But now we see in verses 7 through 14 that not only does creation declare the glory of God, but the Word of God, the Bible, declares and shows the glory of God. You say, well, how, how does a book do that? Well, for one, this book was written. Now get this. This book was written by over 40 authors. Now, if you can get two people to agree on anything, you're doing good. And if you can get them in the same room and you get them to agree on something, you're doing good. But 40, over 40 authors on three different continents in three different languages, and here's the kicker, over 1,500 years, and it all fits. And it's perfect. We'll see that here in Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect. It is complete. You don't have to add anything to it. You don't have to take anything away from it. I don't have to stand up here tonight and say, now here's what the Bible says, and here's what it means, or here's what it should have said, or here's a better way to say it. I don't have to tell you that. I just have to tell you, here's what the Bible says, here's what it means, and the Bible's true, and the Bible's complete. And as a matter of fact, we don't take away from it. We don't add to it because you can't add to perfection. You can't mess with a perfect book because if you mess with it, it's not perfect anymore. The Bible itself declares the glory of God and it shows his handiwork. Let's look tonight for a few moments at what the Bible is and what the Bible does. Lord, help us as we look at your word to study what your word is and what your word does. And I pray that you would help us to realize what we have in our possession. We have a copy of the inspired, the inerrant, the infallible word of God. And may we read it, and may we live it, and may we believe it, and may we share it, and may the Word of God become real once again in our hearts and lives, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see, number one, as we look through Psalm 19, I want you to see first the description. The description of the Bible. It says in verse 7, the law of the Lord is what? perfect. Hallelujah. Now, in that word perfect, obviously it's without error. We'll see that in a minute. But this word perfect, it literally means it's complete. 
It is finished. Uh, the, the Bible is exactly how God intended for it to be. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Is there 22 chapters? I'm just checking. I'm just making sure we're listening, all right? The Genesis 1 is easy, but the Revelation, you got to think about that a little bit because it ends on a certain chapter. But from Genesis to Revelation, it's perfect. It's complete. It is perfect. Notice what it does. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Now, obviously, we talk about conversion and we talk about salvation, and that's a, a great a way to describe it. But the word converting, it means to restore. It means to return. It means to turn back to something. Uh, Benson wrote in his commentary, he said, the Bible has the ability to turn a person from error to truth, from sin to righteousness, from death to life. That is the power of the Word of God. We're talking about not just the Psalms, not just the Old Testament law, but we're talking about the entire Bible. It is perfect. It is complete. It is complete and it restores. The Bible can restore your joy. The Bible can restore your purpose. The Bible can restore your priorities. The Bible has an amazing ability to work. It is alive, it is powerful, and it restores. Psalm 1, the Bible says the, uh, uh, in his law, in the law of the Lord, the psalmist said, I will meditate day and night. How come? Because we need that restoration. We need that refilling. The Bible is the word of God. It is perfect. It is complete. It converts the soul. The Bible, not only is it perfect, but it says in verse 7, the testimony of the Lord is sure. That word sure, it's faithful. It's confirmed. It is verified. If you ask me about a certain fact or you ask me about a certain figure, I could say, I'm pretty sure. I think the, the book I read, I think they knew what they were talking about and I think they said this. When it comes to the Bible, you don't have to question it. You don't have to debate it. You don't have to research it for yourself, although the more you research it and the more you read it, the more you realize that it's true and you realize there's no mistakes. But the Bible is sure. It is faithful. It is confirmed. It is verified. Number one, it is complete in that it restores. But number two, the description is it is confirmed. It is sure. And notice what it does. It reminds. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Verse seven, and it makes wise the simple. You know who is simple without the Bible? All of us. We are, we are simple. We, we don't have understanding. We don't have knowledge. We don't have wisdom apart from God. As a matter of fact, one of the great ways to become a fool is just to profess yourself to be wise. I don't need God. I've got it all figured out. I've got all the answers. I've got my life under control. Uh, wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. We're not wise apart from this book. We're not wise apart from God's help and God's leading. But the Bible is confirmed, it is sure, and it reminds us and it gives us wisdom. Aren't you glad for the wisdom of the Bible? I hope you read the Bible every day. 
But I would encourage you, in addition to what you read, I'd encourage you to read one proverb every day. If you read the proverb of the day, then you'll read the book of Proverbs through just about every month uh, with uh, the 31 Proverbs that we have, the 31 chapters. But the Bible, it's confirmed. It reminds us. Number three, notice what it says, the statutes, verse number eight. The statutes, uh, that is a mandate, that is a precept. The statutes of the Lord are right. That means they're correct. There's no error. Uh, I was thinking about this. There are some, some laws or there are some statutes on the book in North Carolina. There are some laws and statutes uh, on the books in the United States. They may not be right. Somebody may have made those laws and they didn't know what they were thinking, but you know what? The law is the law. But you don't have to, and I don't have to look at the Bible and say, well, that law is not right. And there's a mistake in that one. And God didn't know what he was thinking there. Oh, no. Uh, this book right here, it is right. It is correct. It is, when we say inerrant, we mean it is without error. Now, you try to do that sometime. You try to go a whole day at work without making an error. You think that's hard? Try doing that at home. Try going a whole day at home without making a mistake. Good luck with that. It ain't happening. Try writing an entire book, like we said. Over 40 authors, three continents, three different languages, 1,500 years, and the book is correct without error. It is correct. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. So what it is, it's correct, but what does it do? It causes us to rejoice. It makes us glad. I mentioned earlier, if all you're doing is watching the news, if all you're doing is listening to uh, the news of what's going on in the world, your heart's not rejoicing a whole lot. But boy, when you get in this book right here, boy, you'll get happy. When you get in this book and you maybe go back to the end of the book to Revelation and you start reading about Jesus coming back and Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, this book is correct. It rejoices the heart. Notice number four. The Bible says the commandment of the Lord, verse 8. The commandment of the Lord is pure. That word pure, it means it's clean. It is sincere. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. That word enlighten, it means to light up or to make something to shine. You know, the Bible, number four, what it is, it's candid. It's sincere. It is honest. We talked about it a little bit this morning. But you know, the Bible is a tell-all book. Isn't it amazing when you, you read Bible stories and you read about these Bible characters and you read about their mistakes and you read about their sins and you read about their shortcomings and the Bible, it is an honest book. It is a candid book. It is a, a sincere, just here it is. What you see is what you get. It's a candid book in that it reveals things. You know why the Bible tells us about the mistakes of others? So we don't make the same ones. Aren't you glad that the Bible records for us, like it does in the story of Jonah, what happens when you run from God? Aren't you glad that the Bible records for us that when we sin, that there are consequences like in the life of David? And the reason for that, the Bible is a candid book. It reveals, it enlightens our eyes. It shows us things that we need to know. 
Notice next the fear of the Lord. Verse number 9. The fear of the Lord, that is the the reverence or the respect of the Lord, uh, it is clean. There again, that word pure. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The Bible, what is it? It is clean. It is pure. But it also, what does it do? It remains. It endures. It lasts. It stands. It remains forever. Now, I don't know how much you've seen about this. And again, if if this is all you're watching, then you're going to be depressed. But uh, I read some news the other day and I saw a video clip. It's just a short video clip. But I saw a video of uh, some uh, riots that are going on in Portland, Oregon. And of course, they've been going on for a long time now. Um, But uh, the, the latest thing is they're now, they're burning Bibles. Now, again, I don't know if that's two or three people. I don't know if that's two or 300 people doing it or what. But here's the thing I want to tell you about that. That is nothing new. People have been trying to destroy the Bible for centuries. As a matter of fact, there have been kings and there have been rulers and been, there have been dictators that tried to outlaw this book. Well, guess where they are? They're dead and gone. Guess where the Bible is? Alive and well. You can't destroy this book. The Bible remains. It endures forever. Uh, You can try to outlaw it. You can try to vote it out of the schools. You can try to vote it out of the the, the, the government buildings. You can try to uh, keep it from being spread on uh, the Internet or on the news waves or on the TV stations. You can try all you want to destroy this book, but you can't stop this book because it is forever. It remains. Hallelujah. It endures forever forever it is eternal psalm uh what psalm is it i'll think of it a minute psalm 12 i believe it is verse number six or seven it says that the words of the lord are pure words tried in a fear in a furnace purified seven times thou shalt keep them O lord thou shalt preserve them from this generation and forever aren't you glad that we have a book that's not outdated It's a book that does not need to be rewritten. It just needs to be reread. And the Bible remains. The Bible stands like a rock undaunted. Lastly, I see in the description, you say, oh, pastor, you're almost done. Oh, no, this is just the first point. I'm just giving you sub points. Lastly, in the description of the Bible, it says the judgments of the Lord are true. Hallelujah, this book is true. And it is righteous altogether. That word altogether, it means it is united or or, or it comes together as a union. It all fits. It all makes sense. It all uh, 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 agrees with each other. The Bible is true. Number six, it's certain. It is right. Uh, it it, It is true. It is verified. It is sure. It is solid. It is steadfast. It is certain and it is righteous altogether. What does it do? It is right, but it makes us right. It helps us to get right. Uh, The Bible says of itself that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. This is God-breathed. Yes, there were over 40 authors, but every one of those authors had something in common. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God and what to write and how to write it. But it's, it's, it's given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine 
uh, that the man of God may be, be, be perfect, may be complete, and truly furnished unto all good works. The Bible is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. It helps us to get right. Aren't you glad for a book like that? The Bible, the Word of God, it is certain and it makes us, it helps us to get right. Number one, we see in these first few verses here, verses 7 through 9, we see the description. Verse number 10, I want you to see the desire. David writes in verse 10 and he says about the Bible, he says, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. You know, David said, I desire the Bible and we ought to desire the Bible more than we desire gold. And then he goes on to say, not just any gold, but we ought to desire the Bible more than we desire the finest, most valuable gold in all the world. And then he goes on to say, we ought to desire it and it ought to be sweeter to us even than the honey. And he said, not just, not just some honey that's old, but the freshest honey that is dripping off the honeycomb. Now, that may not do a lot for you, but think about, I don't know if we should do this or not. We're almost done. Think about your favorite meal. I mean, the, your most favorite meal. If somebody said, what would you like? You could have anything in the world. You think about what that would be. And the Bible ought to be a, a, something that we desire even more than the sweetest, most delicious meal. The Bible ought to be something we desire more than the most valuable treasures in the world. That's how important the book is. Matthew chapter four, the Bible tells us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. It is our bread. It is our spiritual food. It is more than our necessary food. We ought to desire the word of God. Number one, we see the description of the Bible. Number two, we see the desire for the Bible. Number three, we see the direction. Verse 11, moreover, by them, by the scriptures, by the laws of God, is thy servant warned. That word warning, it has the idea of, of shedding light on something again or being enlightened by something. And what the Bible does is when you are going somewhere, you're making a decision the Bible gives you direction. The Bible sheds light on the, on the path and says, well, if you go down this road, this is what's going to happen. If you go down this road, this is what's going to happen. It's interesting, it's Psalm 119, we're in Psalm 19, but Psalm 119, 11, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It sheds light. It's a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. The Bible gives us direction. Well, you may be here tonight. You may be listening tonight and maybe you're faced with something. You're not sure which way to go. I'll tell you what, you read the Bible, you get in the Bible and the Bible will show you. It'll give you a clear path. It'll give you direction. It'll give you warning about some paths you should not travel. Number four, I want you to see the dividend. Verse 11, moreover by them is thy servant warned and in keeping of them, or in obeying or in following the laws of God, there is great reward. There's dividends. There are rewards for obeying the Bible. Now, this verse says, in keeping of them. 
And I believe the application here is, yes, there's a reward when we get to heaven. And we stand before the Lord and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You, you've done what you should do. You've obeyed me. And there's rewards. Absolutely, there are rewards after we obey the Bible. But this verse says that in keeping them, while we're keeping them, in the middle of keeping the law of God, there's great reward. And I'll tell you this from experience. I'll tell you this from what I've seen from my parents. I'll tell you this from what I've seen from God's people is there's not just a reward waiting in heaven for obeying God. There's rewards down here. There are blessings down here. You do it God's way and God says, I'm gonna bless you for it. I'll tell you on the flip side, the way of the transgressor, the way of sin, uh, the wages of sin, that brings death, it brings destruction, but when you do it God's way, there is great reward. There's great dividends. Number five, I see about the Bible what it is and what it does. I see in verse number 12 that it is a discerner. Notice what it says in verse 12, who can understand his errors? Now, that's a good question. Who, who can understand uh, when, when we make mistakes? You say, well, if we could understand it, we wouldn't have made the mistakes, right? Well, obviously, it's hard sometimes to know where to go and what to do, and it's hard to, to see our errors, and it's hard to see things the way they are. But aren't you glad that God, He knows the beginning from the end, and God is able to search our hearts, and God is able to try us, and God is able to, to, to correct us, and God is able, verse number 12, He can understand, and He can show us, and He can redirect us, the Bible it is a discerner. Hebrews chapter 4 reminds us that God's word, it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. The Bible, the law of God, is what actually gives us knowledge of sin. You see, if we didn't have the Bible, we wouldn't know what sin was. If we didn't have the law of God, we wouldn't realize we're lawbreakers. But because we have the Bible, we realize that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because of the Bible, we realize there's a penalty for our sin. But because of the Bible, we realize that somebody already paid the price for our sin. Hallelujah. Uh, for that, the Bible is a discerner. Number six, it is, and this is not a Bible word, but uh, I think you get the idea. It says in verse number uh, 12, who can understand his errors, cleanse thou me, from secret faults. Did you know the Bible is a detergent? It's a cleansing agent. The Bible can cleanse you. Uh, the Bible can make you clean. The Bible can uh, uh, cleanse us from sin, and the Bible can restore us and make us whole. David here says, cleanse me from secret faults. Now, there's no secret with God, right? You, you're, you can't hide from God, and you can't cover things, but Sometimes there are sins that nobody else knows about. Sometimes we don't even realize it. But David says, Lord, would you please cleanse me from those secret faults, those things that are, are, are hidden, those things that maybe are hidden to our own eyes. And then verse number 13, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Presumptuous sins are arrogant sins, sins of pride. You say, well, well, what kind of sins would those be? Well, sometimes those are sins where 
we think we don't need God. Sometimes it's a sin where we make a decision and we don't even pray about it. We don't even think about reading the Bible. We don't even think about doing what God wants. We just make the decision and we think we know best. David said, Lord, would you please help me and guard me and keep me back from those presumptuous sins? Deuteronomy 1, verse number 43. I want you to see there's another verse here, but I want you to see Deuteronomy chapter 1. Would you turn back there with me? Deuteronomy 1 and verse number uh, 43. We see in verse number 42, I should start there. The Lord said unto me, saying to them, this is the children of Israel. He said, go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest ye be smitten before your enemies. God said, hey, I'm telling you, you don't want to fight these enemies because I'm not with you. I'm not for you. I'm not helping you. And he said, you can't win without me. But look at verse 43. Moses said, so I spake unto you, and ye would not hear, but you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and you went presumptuously up into the hill. You know what happened when they did that? They found out the hard way that you can't win without God. You can't win without his help. You can't win without his aid. You can't win without his backing. But they went up, they rebelled, and they went up presumptuously, and they sinned against God. David said, Lord, would you please guard me? Keep me from the presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Dominion means don't let them have power over me. I don't want my life to be controlled by sin. I don't want my life to be dominated by, by sin and by the flesh, but I want my life to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. I want my life to be under the authority of the Word of God. And David said, Lord, would you please, uh, number seven, would you please use your Word as a deterrent? Would you keep me back from those sins? Would you keep me away from those presumptuous sins? Number eight, I want you to see verse number 14. David says, Lord, here's my, here's my plea. Here's my desire. Here's my prayer. Verse number 14, Lord, because of your word and because of all that it does and all that it is, Lord, would you help the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, would you help it to be acceptable? in your sight. You have to be a great prayer to pray in the morning before you leave the house. It'd be a great prayer for our, our teenagers, uh, some going back into uh, high school or online classes, some going into college. It'd be a good thing for uh, our, our workers as they go to the workplace. It'd be a good thing to do before you pick up the phone to make a call to somebody that you want to say something you shouldn't say, just to say, Lord, before I go into this day, would you please help the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, the things that I think about, the things that I dwell on, the things that I muse on, would you let those things be acceptable in your sight? You know, it's amazing when we start living to please the Lord and to please Him and meet up to what He expects, that changes things, doesn't it? So we're no longer living to please ourselves, but we're living to please the Lord. And then he ends, David ends this psalm at the end, and he says this, he says, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. 
That word strength means my rock. He said, God, how am I going to do that? How am I going to control my words and control my heart? And how am I going to let you have control? He said, I'm going to have to trust you. You're my strength. And then he said this. He said, you are my redeemer. Redeemer is, uh, of course, we, we sing songs about being redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And Jesus is our redeemer. But in the Old Testament, the redeemer that we're talking about here was often a kinsman redeemer. You know the story of Ruth and Boaz and how Boaz became that kinsman redeemer. But here's what a redeemer did in the Old Testament. A redeemer purchased somebody that was sentenced to death. Somebody that was sentenced to prison. And that redeemer would come in and he would say, I would like to make the payment so they don't have to die. I'd like to make the payment so they don't have to dwell in bondage. I'd like to let them live and I'd like to set them free. And aren't you glad that Jesus did those things for us? He said, I'll pay the price with my own life so that they can live and so they can be free. And aren't you glad for eternal life? And aren't you glad for liberty? that we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.